What's up, homies? Thank you for joining us today on our bonus episode. I'm Erica. I'm Roshane Jay. And today we are going to be taking a look once again at The Haunting of Hill House. So um, last episode, we went through the first four episodes. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, go ahead and pop down and watch that one first. Because today we are going to be doing episodes five through eight which oh my god yeah we're getting into the meat of this show with these episodes uh yeah reminder to our listeners um we have a a split in how we're currently viewing this show erica is a veteran to haunting of hill house and it is my first watch through and i am watching along with the episode so i have not seen the ending at this point and i am stuck on episode eight and i am dying inside because i need to know what happens because oh my god oh my god oh my god it's driving him nuts Nuts, I, I haven't shut up about it since I've watched the episode. <laughs> like, for everybody who's listening, just know that I have been texting Erica's fucking phone. All, I want to watch the next episode. Well, I mean, to be fair, I did tell you specifically episodes five and six. I told him to, to let me know once he watched them because – I was like, you're going to lose your mind. And I need to, like, which I, I did. I did. It. I very much lost my mind in episode five and six. Mm-hmm. Like, it, my, my brain left my head. I had to chase it around my living room to place it back within my <laughs> head cavity because those episodes are wild. It was on the run. <laughs> yeah. It was on the run. <laughs> those episodes are wild. So, in your defense, I also have been, because I'm equally as excited to have him watching them. So, I have been kind of at specific episodes i'm like you need to let me know when you watch this episode because it you, yeah you just have to like you don't have a choice i'm sorry <laughs> i need to know um yeah so i'm very excited to talk about these episodes today cuz specifically 5 and 6 are my favorite episodes of the season so but also i wanted to just give a little shout out because they dropped the trailer for bly manor today on the day that uh-huh. we um did you watch it oh yeah oh yeah i definitely watched yeah. it and i'm like i'm super excited especially now that i have some frame of reference for what the show is about and like the nature of it I am so excited to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Like the trailers, mad spooky. Uh, the characters, very spooky. The the little scares that they showed off, also spooky. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm sold. And they did a good job of like getting you interested in it, like in it without giving too many things away. Because I still really have no idea. Yeah, I have no what clue what the show on. is about to be about, mm-hmm. but. But I'm very interested. I saw a lot of people commenting that were like, oh, dude, what? This is like a a whole new story. They're not continuing on. But I'm like, I mean. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I'm like, it's each season is basically self-contained. Like, I like the idea of 
taking, you know, it's like American Horror Story. You have the same actors playing brand new characters. Mm -hmm. But I like that. Like, I'm like, I want, I like the idea of the story wrapping up at the end of the season. So now we can jump back. We can jump into something totally new and totally scary because we've met, you know, we're meeting the ghost of Hill House. We're seeing this family story. Like, so it's nice to have something different next time personally yeah. yeah don't be spoiled y'all come on now this is this is how we get those six seven and eight you know sequels to things like let let things have endings yeah. and let them move on to new stuff don't be greedy homies. don't be greedy homies come on now don't be sorry ho be careful <laughs> <laughs> i'm done i'm exiting i'm out <laughs> <laughs> well on that note shall we dive in <laughs> shall we get yes, into these let's, episodes let's, let's do it let's do it episode five right uh-huh yes episode five which is called the bent neck lady oh my lord this episode like by the end of this episode the first time that i watched it i was spooked off of the couch my mouth was hanging open i was like so the bent neck lady uh, gets into Nellie's story who is Luke's twin mm-hmm. so we're finally you know we're finally following Nellie we finally are getting to see what's going on with her leading up to you know when we find out that she has killed herself in at Hill House so we did we mention I think we we mentioned this in the last episode that Nellie has a very specific ghost that has yeah. always kind of haunted her at Hill House since the first day we come to find out. Yeah, Luke Luke's dealing with Bowler Hat Dude and then Nell is dealing with the bent neck lady. Like th- mm-hmm. those are their two their foils throughout this show. Mm-hmm. And the bent neck lady, the way that they kind of show her off, it, you don't ever really get to see her. She's usually kind of shrouded in shadows. You see, definitely see her silhouette and, you know, you can tell what is going on, but you can't, you don't see her face or anything. Um, she's just... Like the very first time that Nellie sees her, she's standing at the foot of her bed. And then the next time that she sees her, Nellie's laying on a couch and the bet neck lady's like hovering, like laying above her. So they're face to face, which that like this ghost, the the bet neck lady is such a scary image. And like the silhouette that she makes is very unsettling. Like how yeah. her neck is legitimately at like a 90 degree angle. Oh, yeah. This show does so good. Like it's been doing that since the beginning, but it takes very simple things and makes them pretty frightening. Like none of the ghosts are very like even the bowler hat one who is so terrifying. I feel like their designs are simple in nature but their execution mm-hmm. is what makes them so frightening. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Because, and you know, we've seen ghosts so many times. We've seen them every which way. So to take them and make 
care, you know, these very recognizable characters from them, I think is definitely, it's very important, I think, especially in a series, because you're, you know, you want to, when you see these ghosts again, I think it's very important that you're like, okay, I know which ghost that is. Mm-hmm. And I know like what he's all about. And like I know everything not everything about him but I know what he's about I think that that is a very strong thing that this show does um but the bet neck lady is definitely one of those ghosts oh yeah <laughs> um, oh yeah but so from there we find out that Nellie has she gets sleep paralysis basically oh yeah um, which real quick um in an earlier episode I remember mentioning that I had a very specific sleep paralysis story. And And we never never talked about it. Yeah, we never talked about it, which I'm glad we didn't because this episode was about sleep paralysis. I was like, yes, it gives me a chance to tell the story because honestly, I just forgot the other episode. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, so to share that with you now, um, I've only had sleep, like I said before, I've only had sleep paralysis once in my life. And it was right, it was the night after I had watched the Evil Dead remake. I think I was still in, I think I was still in college at the time. And we had just watched it. I might, I don't think I watched it with you, but I know I watched it with a group of people. I think we might have actually. Was it with you? I think it was a big, it was like a big group of us at the Frank, Franklin? Franklin? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, whatever the case, I know I didn't watch it alone because it's actually important to the sleep paralysis part of it. Is like, I definitely watch it with people. But Mm -hmm. that night, I was asleep. And ultimately, that movie stuck with me enough that I had kind of like an evil dead esque dream. And Mm -hmm. uh, to audience members, I'm actually like a lucid sleeper. So, like, I'm always kind of aware that I'm in a dream. It's not, it's it's really rare for me. Yeah, it's really He's rare a for me to. <laughs> I, I am a very, very strong dream warrior, and um, so it, it's even in nightmares and stuff. It's very rare for me to like lose myself in a dream and like not know what's happening. But I guess something in the Evil Dead movie spooked me hardcore because I remember having this dream right, and at some point. Like they go there. There's like a basement in the Evil Dead movie, right? Like, like the thing, like it's like popping mm-hmm. out of the basement or whatnot. So mm-hmm. in my dream, I was in this basement area, right? And th- I can't really picture who the enemy was. I just remember I was down there, tied up with a bunch of my other friends, who I'm pretty sure were all the people that I watched the movie with. And this kind of like hooded figure had a book, like they did in the Evil Dead movie. And was like berating me and like being like, hey, I need you to read this name. Cause like, that's the whole idea of the evil dead. Like, you, you read the book and then it just unleashes mm-hmm. all this evil, right? So, like, the hooded, the hooded figure was like, all right, I need you to read the name. And I was like, no, no, I'm not gonna read it. No, like, let my friends go, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'll kill your friends if you don't read it. And then, like, he's like starting to threaten the, my friends. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I'll read it. Okay, I'll, I'll read it. And so, he puts the book in front of me in the dream. I look down at it. I read the name, and I'm pretty sure the name that I read in my in my dream was the same, like, whatever name or phrase was in the movie. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, so I don't remember the phrase. Nor have I looked it up since this dream because I was really freaked out afterwards. <laughs> but 
so so I read the name. And then the moment that I read the name, right, the door of the basement, like, flung open and, like, this gust of wind, like, shoots down, down the stairs of the basement. And I just hear the most high-pitched, just piercing scream just tear through the basement that was so loud that it literally woke me up in real life. Like the Mm -hmm. scream happened, like the wind like hit me in the dream. And I think maybe like I snapped to that I was in a nightmare and like I woke up, but I woke up in my dorm and I literally could not move. Like my body, like I, I was having sleep paralysis. Like I couldn't move a single part of my body. I knew I was awake. Like I was fully aware that I was awake, but like I just felt so helpless. Like, and I couldn't, I couldn't, like my mouth wouldn't move. So I couldn't mm-hmm. like call to any of my roommates. So, like I couldn't scream. Like it was the most terrifying experience. And like, A lot of people I've heard, like, when they have sleep paralysis and they even go over it in the episode a little bit where, like, you see things or, like, you can see, like, shadow figures. I didn't really see anything per se, but, like, I feel like there was something in the corner of my eye that was just, like, really frightening for me. So I was, like, struggling, clearly. I was like, somebody help me, somebody help me. But eventually... um, I got to move again. Like my body came to, and I just jolted up like cold sweat and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, well, ever since then. painful too. Cause you're like fighting to move your muscles so hard that when you finally can move, it like kind of hurts. Yeah, it it's really like, does. And the, the weird thing about it too, is like, even though I was surrounded by people, like, because like in the dorm, like I'm, I was sleeping in a room with three other people were in the room, but I was just still so terrified because there's, it's this feeling of helplessness. There's like, mm-hmm. you literally can't do anything. Like if somebody were to walk in right now and just give me a shank, shank, stabby, stab, like I couldn't even right. like scream to like say anything. Cause I was paralyzed, but Ever right. since then, I have uh, I have not rewatched that movie nor looked up <laughs> that name because that that. So you know what that means that we're gonna do it. Oh, we sweet baby Jesus! Now <laughs> we do. You literally want me to conquer my my actual demons? <laughs> yeah, I think that we should have a little like intervention type deal where we watch like Evil Dead and. Oh my god! Through if that. I- we're gonna help you get. We're gonna help you get over this. Look, all I'm saying is, if I'm suddenly like Erica, I'm making a trip to a house like that. That shit's on you now. <laughs> all right, like it is your job to come save my ass. That's all I'm saying. Better yet, let's record the episode in a cabin in the woods. Okay, so back to episode five. <laughs> <laughs> back to episode five. Um. So yeah. Uh, Nellie has sleep paralysis and she's been experiencing it since, you know, the since Hill House. And so when we see her in in present day, but like still flashing back when we see her as an adult, basically, she's at this uh, she's at a specialist. He like a he's like a I don't want to say he's a sleep doctor because mm-hmm. I but I can't remember what his actual title is because I think he was like a sleep technician is what he called himself technician. something like there that. There you go. Because mm-hmm. she was yes. like doctor. He's like don't call me doctor. I'm not I'm not a doctor. Yeah, he's like I'm a technician, and she's like okay. <laughs> so it's like, Are you cute though. Yeah, she's like you're cute. So he kind of explains to her, you know, that she can figure out ways. 
like little things that she can do to help herself wake up because her issue is that she she panics when she's in them understandably and she can't get out of them so he's like together we're gonna discover ways little things you can do that'll help you kind of conquer this thing and yeah and then they end up going out on a date and falling in love and then they get married and it's all really sweet, and you're so happy for Nellie, but you know that this isn't going to last. She's too happy. Like, there's just too much happiness for mm-hmm. her. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, they, like, together. We see her a couple of times. She has, like, some sleep paralysis episodes, but her husband, Arthur, right? His mm-hmm. name's Arthur. Yeah, he helps her. There's like little things. He like has her squeeze her fist and breathe deeply. And then he goes to turn on the lamp. And that's how they like get through it together. But so one night she has one of those dreams. And so she's, you know, she can't move. And he goes to turn the light on for her. And he just like stops and I don't even know how to explain it. His like he like, like see like seizes up yeah. and stuff. He like throws his head back and stops and like collapses to the ground. And then Nellie looks over and she sees the bent neck lady. And of course she can't move. Um, now she's panicking even more. So when she finally goes over to him, he is dead. And now I would like to know your thoughts on this because they. They say that he dies of an of an aneurysm. Do you think that he that it was really an aneurysm and Nellie just kind of happened to see the bent neck lady because she was freaking out? Or do you think because Nellie is convinced that the bent neck lady killed Did him? Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well as a as a horror movie watcher, I just want to assume that it's the bent neck lady, right? Like that's that's where my heart is. My heart says that um there was some ghostly intervention in that moment, but I don't necessarily fully throw away the idea that it's it was a normal tragic occurrence that just spurred more, you know, more fear and anxiety within her. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with my gut and heart on this one. I'm going to say it was a bent. I think it was her. I think yeah. I think bent neck lady saw that this guy could ultimately stop the master plan. The the divine status quo that should be happening. And she was like, you got to go. That That's my right. thought on it. Right. I, yeah. The first time that I watched this, I fully was like, Oh, he just died from an aneurysm. And Nellie is associating it with the bet neck lady. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was like, it makes sense. And that it doesn't make sense, but yeah, it definitely makes sense. But I think on my second rewatch, I think that it was the house in a way trying to get her back home because if she had him because she even says she's like I haven't I had it since her and Arthur met she basically had kind of forgotten she hadn't seen the bent neck lady since yeah she Arthur been. first met she'd been fine and yeah. so I think that the house had always been trying to get Nellie back there and because of him like she wouldn't have she probably she never would have gone back mm-hmm. if if it he wasn't was still for alive, mm, you know. All right, you think saying that out loud now. I'm actually having some other thoughts, but I'll come back to that when we get towards the end of this episode. Okay. Um, but you're 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 making the gears in my head kind of turn a little bit now. <laughs> um, thinking about it. 
Oh, also, um, for anybody who is like watching along or hasn't watched the episodes yet, when you get to episode this episode, <laughs> episode five, the wedding scene, there's like a part where Arthur and Nellie are like dancing in the middle of everyone, like they're having their first dance. Mm-hmm. I just need you guys to watch the extras because they are extra like they're doing the most (laughs) like there's specifically this one lady who is like clapping and dancing and like laughing in the background and pull it she pulled all my focus i was like ma'am you need to bring it down you know what i say power to her nah power to her somebody offers me a netflix role and they're like you're an extra i'm gonna be the best damn extra you've ever seen just believe like look i've been trying to get this sag card for for years and i need this (laughs) Hit me I up with that moment. eligibility, portafavor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Arthur dies, and Nellie goes, and she's like in a downward spiral. Um, she starts seeing this therapist, and he he's giving her advice that perhaps would be suitable if it were not for the fact that she actually lived in a haunted house. Like <laughs> he. Mm. he no, no, no. Fuck this therapist, man. <laughs> I, he, I hate okay, this therapist. Here's my thing with this therapist. He's not a bad hate, guy. He's, he's not, not a bad, bad guy, but he his way of, you know, his way of fixing things is just like, let me put you on some new medication. Yeah, I'll have you which, been taking your medication. Like, that's his solve to yeah. any and all problems. I don't think he was a bad guy, but I will I will stand by I think he was a bad therapist cuz I don't think he was actually helping with shit. He was just drugging her up and literally not even attempting to listen to her haunted spook stories of yeah okay even if you're a non-believer you're still her fucking she's still paying you obscene amounts of money to at least listen to this shit like Right. Well, and I think the thing about it because like she He'll tell her things and she kind of takes them and runs with that. Like he tells her that she needs to confront her her brother Steven about the issues that she had with his book. And Nellie takes that as, okay, let me go to Steven's book signing and while like, he's in front of people yo well he's in front of a bunch of people but you know what power to nelly yeah i'm glad she did yeah, it like i'm glad I, she did it too i thought that she took that okay advice and made that a teachable moment for all of standing up for yourself because like you know what not only did she stand up for herself in that moment she made a goddamn spectacle out of it and like you know what I ain't mad at you now for all the shit you had to put up with. I'm happy you get a moment to be like, nah, you know what? I'm the boss in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she like really gives it to him. I love that scene. It's so I remember satisfying. I was watching that scene and like I, at the moment I was like snacking. I think I was like eating some like chicken strips and french fries. And I swear, I swear to you, while she was like calling him out, you know that the Leo meme from like Jang or no, 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 from, um, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, where he's just pointing at the screen. You know what meme I'm talking about? It's just yeah. Leonardo. Like I was that meme the whole <laughs> time during that thing. I was like munching. I was like, "Hi, yeah, you fucking tell him." Yeah, it's so. Uh, she really goes for him too. I love it. Um, but yeah, and then the second, the second time we see him with her, like he gives her this. Uh, he's like, "Look, everything that." It's obvious that a lot of your issues are stemming from this house. It's just a carcass in the woods. Like, you need to accept that and deal with it. 
And that's what prompts Nellie to go to the house because she's like, okay, it's just a carcass in the woods. Like, I can deal with this. Like, because he gives her that advice, mm-hmm. which might be true for a real house. But yeah. I'm like, dude. Yeah. All right. He- even for even for a real house, though, I don't know if that's good advice. Like, I, I was talking to my roommate about this because, like, he was kind of watching this episode along with me. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I agree with the idea of, like, if you had a traumatic experience somewhere to then tell the person to go back to the place of your traumatic experience and just deal with it. Like, I don't know if that's good advice. And I'm, I'm obviously I've not gone to school for this. I am not a therapist. I do. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know the ins and outs, but on face value, that just seems like a bad suggestion. I think it depends on the person. Like I know exposure therapy can work for certain people, but you gotta, I feel like he should know that, she's not she's not ready for that or like that Mm -hmm. that's not what's gonna help her like you would think at this point that he would know her a little bit better than to just kind of throw out advice like that and usually i'm fairly certain with exposure therapy that usually they make sure that somebody go that like the psychiatrist goes with them or they're they're not alone yeah they don't just go by themselves like they go with someone because that can be really like traumatic. I don't know. It, but I know he didn't put any say, of those clauses in there. He was like, take your meds and yeah, go visit your trauma spot. Yeah. Needless to say, my guy's getting a bad Yelp review and <laughs> Nellie is on the way back to the house. So um one thing, like one thing that we discover is that when they were younger, like they just they found that someone wrote uh, Nell come or come home Nell on the yeah. walls. And the mom assumed that Nellie wrote her name on the wall. And so she got in trouble. Mm-hmm. But it yeah, like you kind of discover that the house has always kind of been calling Nellie back because when she drives up to the house, the the lights like turn on. Yeah. And it's like it's been waiting for her yeah, to come this, back. This house clearly has its fangs in Nell and wants her there. Like it, it's obsessed it, with her. It is <laughs> definitely obsessed with her. So uh she goes in, she sees her mom and she sees her all of her siblings are there. First they're there as children and then she sees them as adults and like all of them are telling her the things that she always wished that they would say Mm -hmm. like oh you know like thank you for believing in me and like i'm sorry that we fight blah 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 blah. like i should have listened to you yeah i should have listened to you (laughs) all that sweet sweet closure mm. and she's so happy like she's so happy to see her mom she's so happy to hear that and like then she sees arthur there and they start dancing and eventually she's kind of like led up to the top of the staircase and she had mentioned to her mom when she was younger that she like her mom was like oh when you're older you can have this necklace she like Mm -hmm. wears a locket and it has the twins picture in it and so then at the top of the staircase her mom goes to put the necklace around her but it's actually a noose, and she pushes Nellie off mm-hmm. of the staircase, and she tells her it's time to wake up, and Nellie falls, and her neck snaps, and now we get the reveal that 
Nellie was the bent neck lady all along and mm-hmm. she has been haunting herself. So we get to see all of these fla- all of these times when like young Nellie was being haunted. We get to see it now from older Nellie's perspective of being the bent neck lady. Yeah. And which uh, what a what oh a God. what a twist, yo. Literally mm-hmm. what a what a twist. <laughs> yeah. The I remember like sitting there and like towards like the end of the episode, I kind of like got on to where we were going. Um, but I really feel like the whole time I kind of assumed the bent neck lady was like a foreshadowing of what was going to happen to her. Like I assumed like, like she was going to like either hang herself or like, you know, get ghostly hung or whatever the, the case is. Like I thought it was mm-hmm. just like a foreshadowing of her future. I did not did not piece together that it was actually just going to be her the entire mm-hmm. time. That was a flip for me. Yeah, that's yeah. I wasn't I didn't see that coming at all. Like I didn't even make that conclusion of like that being kind of a warning or anything. I I was 100 on board that the Bentneck lady was just some random ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so, or like she was like a ghost that like bending necks was kind of her thing because you kind of get that with Arthur too of like that that's her yeah. ghost powers like she kills people by breaking your neck somehow like that's her yeah. that's her ghostly thing because he was stretching that neck yeah and mm-hmm. going back now that we've like done the reveals like now that you brought it up I am kind of thinking because we find out that she is the bent neck lady right and then the bent neck lady doesn't appear while she's with Arthur and now I'm kind of thinking like maybe he did just have an aneurysm and Mm. the fact that the fact that he was no longer there changed like him being there changed her future that she would not become the bent neck lady like as long as she had him she was she was not predestined to that fate like i think you're right like she never she probably never would have gone back to the house or if she did she probably would have like gone back with him or something like that and the moment that he dies she gets put kind of back on course to becoming the bent neck lady okay. ultimately. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's true because she is the yeah. Because I didn't think about that before because like again I was I watched it in very like you know first time viewer lens of like oh no bent neck lady did it like she she's a malicious ghost she wants to kill him but once you know that it's her it doesn't make as much sense that she would kill um arthur arthur and we never even when we get the flashback of her going back we don't see her as the bent neck lady killing arthur that's true yeah okay yeah maybe that like maybe he straight up just died like yeah but i and then yeah it's like he just died but then his death maybe just like shocked nelly so much that she immediately was like able to see the bent neck lady again mm-hmm. and then just convinced herself that that is what killed him. Yeah. Because I also think there's a part where like Nellie, when Nellie is still alive, she invites Theo over, but it's specifically like she invites her over under the guise of like, let's hang out as sisters. But mm-hmm. really she wants Theo to touch things and see if she can feel Arthur's spirit. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's why Theo doesn't feel anything is yeah. because he just died of natural causes. Like, there's yeah. nothing to feel. He just died of a brain. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it might be like 
honestly, like Loki, like I think that might be what it is. And then she just kind of got, she just had a life of things stacked against her that are going to lead her up to this untimely fate. Cause this is a, this is a tragic episode, man. Like even off the yeah. tail end of um, Luke's episode, it's just like, it's hard to beat Luke's episode. It is hard to beat the, the travesty and emotional turmoil that is Luke's episode. But this one, does it in spades um Mm -hmm. even with the the last bit of her in the house like the what she sees i love how that was shot by the way of like what she sees versus what's actually happening like i love the back and forth with that and they those ghosts did her dirty they did not need to do all that like you need to lure her into this false insecurity and like make her super that was that was uncalled for um also also Without spoiling, because like I, you probably have the answer, but I just want to say that I did see that shit, and I rewind. I had to rewind this because while they're dancing around, there's one moment where they where she's like dancing with Ghost Arthur, and they're dancing in a circle, and you see the family, but then you keep seeing people past the number of family members that they have, mm-hmm. and I definitely had to rewind that. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. The fuck are these people? Yeah, yeah, there's all these people there, and Nellie doesn't notice. She doesn't like that. Was very slick of the show, and I barely, I barely caught it. Like barely. It's only because they do like there's like several people there, and so like Mm -hmm. after seeing like two people that I didn't know, my brain didn't quite catch it. But then there was like two more. I was like, okay, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. That that. They do not have ten people in their family. Some, some, <laughs> some is up here. So I did, I did catch it. Show all right. You didn't get past me. I saw that one. Yeah, nice try. Nice Hill try, Hill House. You're not gonna get past Detective Roshan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that 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 episode is that episode's tough though. That 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 one's really tough. But the. I mean, the next ones aren't any easier. <laughs> no, especially this this next one is like really is really tough. Oh um, my goodness! Episode oh, six. Oh lord. Yes, which is a masterpiece. <laughs> yes, two storms is episode six, and first of all, this episode is like it's like a cinematographer's wet dream. It's Straight up. So it's shot so amazingly like it's you have these beautiful shots we you have these long takes with no cuts mm-hmm. where everything is choreographed you're oh my god like they they'll follow you follow characters into these like wide rooms and then they pan over and you'll see like something in the background but then it just keeps going and then you follow that character back and like the way that this whole episode is set up regardless of if you're into the story or not I feel like you could just watch this episode and just be like wow this yeah. is like this- these people care about what they're doing the series leads you all the way up for five episodes of just great you know series magic and then it's like hey you want a free hour-long movie just because here you go here's episode six it's Mm -hmm. literally a full fucking feature i'm like what like what oh my god i felt like i was watching the best play that i've ever seen because it really plays out a lot like a play it does. It definitely does feel like a play. And I'm sure that the way that they 
rehearsed mm-hmm. and set up for this episode was probably very similar to like a play rehearsal where, you know, everything because, you know, they probably had takes that were what? 15 minutes long yeah where they just where kept kept it rolling it. yeah and i'm sure they and every character like i mean this episode is basically our first like coming together after five episodes of mm-hmm. all this shit and like the emotional journeys that each of these characters has to go through seeing their dead little sister slash daughter and then also seeing each other all in the same room for the first time in years is just it's such a marvel to watch these characters navigate this um after spending so much time with each of these characters individually yeah i think one of my favorite little bits about this episode is so basically we follow two stories in this episode we follow the night when everybody finally gets there to view like the whole family gets there to view Nellie's body. And then we also follow a night in Hill House where they had a huge storm. Mm-hmm. And so in the present day, when the dad gets there, I think one of my favorite little things is that, you know, we can see Nellie like in the background and it's, you know, regular adult Nellie. Mm-hmm. But then we cut around, like, or they, like, do a circle around. And the dad sees all of the kids yeah. as oh, that's seen themselves. That seems so then, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he walks up to the casket, and it's, like, little Nellie is in the casket. And so sometimes in the background, it's little Nellie, and then sometimes it's adult Nellie, depending on, like, whose perspective yeah. you're seeing it from. But when Such the dad a- sees her, she's a little girl. And I was just like, oh. Such a small little like little addition that just I think adds so much to the scene and the character too. Because like we like we we get into the dad later on, but like this is the most time we've spent with like present day dad up until this point. And like that little bit told me so much about the character in seconds that I feel like less prepared shows would have had to take an entire episode for like that mm-hmm. little that little pan over to see his perspective of his kids told me a thousand word novel about this character. Yeah, because we, you know, we find out a little bit in this episode, but then also in the next episode that he ended up losing because of everything that happened and because he stuck with his story of what, you know, actually happened, what really happened in Hill House. He ended up losing custody of the kids and they went and were basically raised by their aunt. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like he still... That was the last time that he really spent a lot of time with them was when they were children, and they haven't really had a very close relationship as adults. And, like, yeah, he's there. You know, we see him there for Nellie's wedding, and it it seems like he comes for the important events, but they don't spend just time together. Yeah. And so he still pictures them like, you know, what the age they were when he was still with them and we also find out that he talks to his wife he still he still talks to her and so specifically steven this is when steven was really on his bullshit for me i can't stand him in this episode (laughs) like oh i want to say oh he was really getting on my nerves you want you want to know something is like i agree with you but 
just for the depth of fucking character, I loved Steven in this episode. Like, j- the scene where um, they he and Luke have to view Nell, and I loved how they framed this scene of, like, Luke Luke's in there for a second. He's like, nah, I can't do this. Like, I can't actually, I can't look at her. Like, that's my, that's my twin. Like, I can't see her. Mm-hmm. Like, he takes a second, and he gathers himself. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. And Steven's like, all right, I'll go with you. And they're walking up towards the casket and like Steven's trying to do the big brother thing of like, I got you. Don't worry. Like, we'll do this together. Like, hey, if you need to turn around, it's okay. We'll just go back. Like, I'm not going to push you to do this. And you see Luke go up to the casket and then like, not easily by any means, but he kind of absorbs the fact that Nell is in fact dead and like here she is and like he's taking that all in and he takes it pretty well all things considered and then Steven gets up there and he just fucking loses it like mm-hmm. every every ounce of this like put together like I I'm the I'm the rock of this family like I've got my shit like all of that crumbled the moment he actually had to look at his dead little sister and that humanized him so much to me that I don't agree with how he handled the rest of the episode by any fucking means but like it gave that character so many fucking layers to me of like He's been keeping it together as big bro Steven for all these years. And then this just, this is the thing that just broke him. Like he was, mm-hmm. like he started just chain drinking. Like he couldn't keep it together. Like every two seconds, he's just having emotional outbursts just because he's, he's losing it. Yeah. I mean, I liked that. I did like that bit. I liked how all the different siblings handled. I like how everybody handled it. Yeah. They, like, they, they, they sports- handles it. In a different way, even even the uh, husband, I can't remember. I can't Shirley's remember. husband? Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. But like even how like his coping mechanism was to ask everyone, like, do you want anything to eat? Do you yeah. need something to drink? Would you like some iced tea? Like everybody just like handled things in their own way. Like Theo was just drinking the whole time. Yeah. Um, I love the analysis of grief that this episode does is like they really tackle a lot of the different flavors and nuances of how people grieve and like they did it in a very real way that felt very real to watch like it felt very honest. Yeah, it definitely did. I think that they did it in a very realistic way. Not everybody grieves in the typical, like, in the way of not everybody just is crying and, you know, upset the whole time. There's many different ways to grieve. And I think that they were able to show that through all of the different characters. Well, I will say the thing, because I think Steven handles this whole like everybody handles it in a very realistic way for me the thing that frustrate that is frustrating in this episode specifically about steven is that he never wants to take responsibility for anything and responsibility for what he may have done wrong Mm -hmm. and there's a part where they're all kind of telling stories about nelly and the dad says that nelly always wrote him letters and Steven's like, well, if she wrote you letters, then sure, like 
I'm maybe she said something that might have tipped you off that like something was going on with her. Mm-hmm. And the dad is like, no, not in any of her letters. And Steven is like adamant about being like, oh, so you're telling me you didn't realize that something was going on with Nellie. But I'm like, Steven, she went to your book signing and had a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And you, you brushed didn't do that shit. off. You were upset at her and you brushed it off. And then she called you. And you ignored her phone call. Mm-hmm. And you knew out of everybody, you knew because of how she was acting at your book signing that something was wrong and you didn't say a word to yep. anybody because he he mentions it now and everybody's like, what? Like he never said anything about it to anybody. Mm-hmm. But he puts all of the blame on the dad for not knowing from a letter that something was wrong with her. And like also – the dad is like, I sent her to your apartment because you were the closest. Mm-hmm. And then Steven's like, what? Like, as if that's crazy to him. But I'm like, dude, that was the right. What else was the dad supposed to do? Like, yeah. like you know, it's like, I understand. I can understand that that's a very human thing. I get the the conflict that they have. And I understand why they're having this argument but steven just refuses to take responsibility oh for yeah 100 wrong 100 percent. so frustrating <laughs> and the thing is too and like this isn't defending him because i i wholeheartedly agree with you is like he really tries to kind of weasel his way out of the things that are very clearly his fault and like his negligence um but we really feel over both this episode and the next episode, or it could be it could be episode eight, but we really get into the the ins and outs of Steven's relationship with his dad. And he really you can tell like he really does not like his dad. Um, he he definitely, especially because he doesn't believe in the paranormal, he blames his dad for his mom's death. In this moment, he's definitely blaming Nell's death on him, like for various reasons. But his biggest one, and he keeps saying, is like, you're the one that put into his head, put into her head that we're being haunted and that this house does these things when he's convinced that their family just suffers from mental illness. And he's like, it's just so irresponsible for you to keep living by this story of like ghosts and paranormal and blah, 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 while here are our families literally dying off to something that we might be able to like help. And it's not to say that he's actually one of the people that's helping, but I think that layer of like, he just won't accept this paranormal aspect of their lives is putting up this very big barrier between him and honestly the rest of the family. Yeah. Because the rest of them, them, the rest of them are basically believers at this point at to, to varying degrees, but they've all seen enough to know that there's some extra shit going on here, except him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we see, you know, the dad and Luke have a moment where both of them are kind of like, it was the house. And then Theo is probably closer. You know, she, is definitely more of a believer. I surely, I think at this moment is still really trying to. She's a skeptic, you know, but she's a skeptic. But I think she's leaning more towards the believing side. Yeah, but they get in this huge argument. Stephen even says to his dad, "Like the wrong parent died." Yeah, and it all kind of culminates into this moment where, like, uh, the casket falls over, and uh, th- honestly, oh. th- the end of this episode is so sad. What? Go ahead, because I. Uh, 
It's just a, a, a funny thing that I wanted to share. Um, so remember when we were doing the Conjuring episode, right? And mm-hmm. I talked about how during, because they had the 303 thing, and like at some point I paused the movie to go get water, and it was 303. Mm-hmm. Well, I this is not, I, I swear to you and all the listeners, this is 100% true. During the moment when they're having the fight, like right before the lights go out and and the casket falls and everything like that, I was sitting there watching and all of a sudden my entire house started to shake. I am not joking. Like I was watching it. I hit pause because my whole house was shaking and I started freaking out. Like the first thing I, my horror movie senses kicked in. Cause the first thing I did is like, I ran to all the doors and just like locked them. I don't know why, but that was just like the first, <laughs> that was the first thought that came into my head to actually do. It was like, ah, I don't know, lock the doors. Um, Turns out that we had had an earthquake during my viewing of the (laughs) show, but it happened literally in tandem with that climactic moment. And I, oh my lord, like timing impeccable. The I'm hoping this podcasting journey is safe for me because I'm having a lot of random occurrences. Like these coincidences are lining up a little too much for me. Like I'm getting stressed out. I'm putting myself a little out of hand. I'm putting myself on the line for you viewers out there. I want you to know. All right. I'm diving. I'm deep diving into the paranormal. It feels (laughs) like, but, but that I I was like, I got, I, I, I don't think I told you when we're talking about the episode before, because I wanted to save it, but, the timing on there just uh, i was i was i was literally shook um but guys one one download equals one prayer (laughs) go ahead and download as many episodes as you can please i need i need some of that good because this job is getting a little dangerous but a little hectic yeah (laughs) a little spooky um but yeah so we Basically, other important things that happen in this episode is when we we learn that there is a night where there's a huge storm at Hill House and Nellie just kind of like disappeared and mm-hmm. they were all looking for her. But then all of a sudden she's there again and she her and Luke kind of have this moment where. Luke's like, don't ever do that again. Like, I thought that they got you. I thought you were gone forever. And Nellie's like, I was here the whole time, but you couldn't see me. And then it cuts back to the funeral home after everybody's left. Mm-hmm. And Nellie is like in her casket, but then she's also standing as a ghost in front of the casket. Yeah. And it's like the voiceover of little Nellie going like, I was there the whole time, but none of you could see me. It was so so sad. Like, it makes me want to cry just like even talking I got, about it. I, I got I got very emotional during the, that part. That was that was so brutal sad. too. Like the sound of her little voice and then like uh and just being like none of you could see me but I was there the whole time. Yeah, so I'm I'm under the belief that all the spooky cuz you know we have lights going out and the storms and all that stuff happening during the during the uh the viewing and I'm under the belief like that was just her trying to like communicate with them, right? As like for us, it's coming across as like scares and ghost stuff, but it's literally just her trying to be like, guys, look at me. I'm right here. Like Mm-hmm. I and think then it just I makes a lot of sense too of like the timings and stuff like that too is like as they started getting heated and fighting more right as animosity started building 
more and more stuff started happening, which to me is like Nell's like, hey, stop fighting. Like, yeah, we're a family. And well, she's trying. The dad even says, like, Nelly, because he sees her. The dad yeah. sees her. And yeah, it's just, she's just trying to show them that she's like still there. Oh, God. Yeah, that was so bad. But the other, oh, the other thing, though, that we did get in this episode is, and this kind of transitions us into the next one, too, is we start seeing kind of the decline in the mom um, in the past, mm-hmm. because like during the storm sequence, um, she's starting to act a little bit weirder than normal. Like, I, I think it's about then that she, I think she starts like wandering off on her own and like, she keeps talking about having a dream and like, she's just feels like she keeps saying like, I'm stuck in this terrible dream or something like that. But we get a lot of that during that flashback, which I mean, she only gets kind of worse from here. Cause I think the next episode is the dad's episode, right? Where we kind of get into like the dad and mm-hmm. like his relationship with the mom. Yeah. So yeah, she keeps thinking that she's dreaming even when she's awake and kind of going into these weird moments where she's not completely there. And yeah, so that kind of transitions us into um, the episode seven, which is called Eulogy. And so, yeah, we're finally kind of getting to know more about the Mm -hmm. dad. And we get to see, you know, he imagines he imagines his wife there and he talks to her a lot. <laughs> and which is another thing. That's just another thing for Steven to be like, dude, you're yeah, crazy. Right. this family is crazy because he constantly sees his dad talking to nobody. So we kind of get to get into his backstory. And yeah, even in this episode, the mom is really starting to show signs that she like she'll do things and she doesn't remember doing them. And she is just really starting to be kind of all over the place. And the dad now is starting to yeah. notice because before I think he wasn't really picking up on any of that. Um, but now he's starting to notice. And we also finally get to like the Dudleys. We get a little bit more information about the house from yeah. them. And Mr. Mr. Dudley is the one who basically gives us some more backstory. And he does but, that in spades too. He's like, you know what? I've been sitting yeah, on yeah. this shit for a hot second. Like I see did, I see an opening yeah. and I'm seizing this opportunity. This man vomited yeah. exposition at us. He's build it he was like let me just stop this story (laughs) i got something i gotta tell but also because mr dudley that's the thing mr and mrs dudley both they care like they seem to care a lot about this family and he tells the dad this because he's like yo your wife might need a break because she might need to get up out of this house because they keep looking at the wife was gonna draw out these like four floor plans for the house and they keep looking at them and something is obviously wrong with the plans and when mr dudley sees those he's like look when my wife worked here like he basically just says why they don't stay there after dark is because when his wife worked there um like she was starting to get he's he calls it being scattered mm-hmm. but she would just do these things where 
it was like she didn't know where she was, like she was hearing things, like she was always kind of scattered, like her mind was just never really there. And then he tells a story about how they lost their first child and she could hear the baby crying in the house. And like they just had this feeling that it was their baby, like they just knew that it was like the ghost of their baby. But all of that combined they both decided that they would never work there in the evenings anymore. And once they started doing that, like they were fine. They never had any issues of being scattered mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, and so you're like, okay, yes. You know, when I watched this episode, I was like, oh, thank God. Finally, there's somebody who can be like, yo. There's something up. Y'all need to get about the mm-hmm. house. Yeah, who who knows a little bit more and can kind of give them some advice. Um, And so... Like, he tells him that story. While this is happening in the past, the dad is also doing some work on the house because they had a bunch of damage with the storm. And this is another instance where we see that him and Steven, like, Steven really looked up to his dad. Like, he wanted to be like his dad because the dad is doing a bunch of repairs on the house. And Steven's like, I'll help you. Yeah. We get a deep look into the parallels between like their relationship in the past and now and like how different Mm -hmm. it is and how they've almost kind of switched places in a way of like the dad's now like he really he understands why things have played out the way they have. Um, But he you can tell he genuinely wants to be a part of his kids lives. And like he does kind of take Mm -hmm. this opportunity to, you know, with the help of, you know, ghost advisor wife to try and kind of (laughs) mend some of these bridges a little bit and be able to be a dad to them again. Because again, back in the past, he was a good dad. He was not he was not a bad dad. Like, no, he was like he had a good relationship with all of his kids and he really cares about his kid he really cared about them he still does but you can tell that he has built up all of these walls and thinking that it's going to protect them but it's like he doesn't understand that yo your kids also saw these things and are still dealing with these things so those walls that you built up to protect them are actually just like hiding the truth from them. from them yeah like he doesn't make that connection he thinks that what he's doing is the best thing for them but yeah and he manages in this episode he manages to kind of patch things up with Theo they end up kind of getting you know back on track to maybe having a relationship oh because we did skip over the Theo thing that happened oh right well yeah because it it bleeds in it bleeds in Um, yeah, so in the past, in the last episode, while the lights were out, Shirley was kind of looking around. She was trying to get like the generator, the backup generator start working. She stumbled upon Theo and her husband in a closet, and it looked like they were maybe about to kiss or they were going to be doing something. And then once Shirley walked in, they like changed their minds. Like that's what it looked like mm-hmm. to her. Um, and you can tell that Theo's like super drunk yeah. and the husband is kind of push. It's like, he might be pushing her away. He might be. It's very, her it's very him. suspect it's there. And like it, it's yeah, it's very ambiguous. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, suspect. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so that bleeds into this episode because Shirley is not talking to either one of them. And so the dad <laughs> does not do a very good job with Shirley. Like him and Shirley are just not seeing eye yeah. to eye. I, which um, I love, by the way, that know, like 
as he yeah. goes through, like, it's not just a clear, like, all right, I'm mending all these bridges. Like, it's kind of hit or miss. Like, either he does a good job mm-hmm. or not so much. Yeah, because and then he'll and it's like he'll start to kind of be going down a good path, but then he'll say one thing too far. And like, and it's funny because he'll be talking and then the the ghost mom olivia mm-hmm. that's what her name is like the you know his what he's seeing of olivia she'll be like she'll be like no yeah don't when they're that. like in the car and then he'll <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah and he'll say it anyway and then and then shirley will get upset and she'll be like i told you not to say it but yeah so theo and luke he kind of he kind of is able to get on some good footing with Mm -hmm. them but steven and shirley you know he just can't seem to find any any ground with either one of them so you know they they while they're in the past and they're fixing up the house he keeps hearing like this is kind of when he first gets his first spooky yeah the dad gets his spooky stuff going His on. first dose of the spook. Um, yeah, his first dose of a little spookage because he keeps hearing this scratching in the walls and he's convinced that it's rats. And finally, he's like able to get in through the walls and it's a dead yep. person. <laughs> There's a dead guy Straight inside up of the walls. Just- and it's like, oh, okay. And they find out that this guy... The policeman is like, yeah, he put himself and he bricked himself into the wall and then he tried to scratch himself Mm -hmm. out. And so you're like, oh, it's like, so that's what the scratching was. Yeah, that made it. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we we knew the whole time it was a rat. But then it's now opening up this way. Well, one, it introduces that character who we do get more of later on. Oh, the, uh, police the police officer, officer. which I love. I mm-hmm. love the way this actor plays the. Pl- I-, I like this police officer because he's very, he's very police charming, and like it, the way he navigates, I just think he's very skillful in his like investigation tactics. But like he's very like there's there's this weird kind of like humorous level of like when when they're back in the past and like this is right after um, the mom is basically dead. And he's like, so you got to tell me what happened. And like, he's being very nice and being very accommodating, but you can tell he is not about to let this dude just walk out of here. He's not, he's not openly saying yeah. that, but he's like, nah, man, you should, uh, <laughs> you should let, let me go get you some coffee. Let me go. Get, he's like, no, no, no yeah. my coffee's fine. No, no, no. Let me, let me go fix you a proper cup of coffee. Cause uh, you about to be in here for a hot second. Yeah. He's like trying to wear him mm-hmm. down and be like okay tell me the truth but and the thing that's so frustrating to all of us he is, is. like we know that he's telling yeah. the truth yeah but obviously that's how but it's interesting because the police officer when they discover the dead body and stuff he asks him he's like so is this place you know and like he was like is this place what and the police officer is like is it haunted everybody thinks it's haunted and he was like well my kids think so, mm-hmm. but like it's interesting because they kind of they allude to it, yeah, yeah. But then when Hugh says it later, the police officer is like, "Dude, <laughs> All right, what? Well, like, <laughs> like, come on." I, but here's the thing with that too, though, is I think even though he, as an officer, can't just take that right, like just as your job, if somebody's like all right, we found your dead wife. Well, the house is haunted. I sympa- mm-hmm. I do sympathize there of like a, 
all right, well, can you give me something that a jury will actually listen to? Because that just sounds like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. I feel like he shows a level of patience that I think is there because he he doesn't necessarily believe the guy's story that it's haunted, but he knows that the circumstances around this are a little different. Like, I don't feel like the like the cop was viewing him as a murderer, but he wasn't opposed to the idea that he was. He was like, uh, this seems strange that you did this, but the signs are kind of pointing towards you did this. So, like, I need you to prove otherwise. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I that get was the, it. that was like, definitely the something... vibe I was getting from him. But I was like, he's telling you the truth, man. Yeah. Well, and then also too, it's like he was like, "Yo, I don't want you talking to my kids." Like, you know, he he was basically like, "I'm the only person." Yeah, he was being sus. This. Like, he's telling the truth, but he was being so, yeah. mad suspect with his explanation. He sounded like he killed mm-hmm. his wife. Like he did. Well, because yeah, and he even says the cop is like, "So why did you take so long to call?" Yeah. Us? Like after you got back and you found your wife dead, like what happened in that time between you finding her and you calling us? And he was like, like he just doesn't, he's like, just yeah, doesn't Yeah, and it's like, anything. I I'm can't, like, I literally can't work with that, bro. Like you gotta give me something more than that. Yeah, something to work with, yeah. Is this also the episode where Hugh wakes up to Olivia being, being sus? Um, yes. I think so. Right? Yeah, when she's like over him. Yes, yes, because right after that happens. Yeah, so he wakes up in the middle of the night and Olivia's like straddling him and holding a screwdriver. I think a screwdriver to his neck. Yeah. And so after that, he's like, What are you doing? And she says it again. She's like, I was having the weirdest Mm -hmm. dream. And from after that, he's like, "You need to get yeah. out of here. Like, you need you need, to you need go some on rest." And then she, we also get yeah. her like with the I don't know what it's called. It's like like a dresser with mirrors, but like, like a vanity or something like that. A yeah. vanity. Mm-hmm. And she's like sitting there. She's like, "Oh, this is so nice." And then like she looks in the mirror for a second, and then you just see her whole expression changes, and she just punches the fuck out of the mirror, and it's right in front of Steven, and it's like. I, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. And it's like, you can just tell, like, she is not well. She is very not well at this point. Yeah. She needs some milk. <laughs> she needs some milk. She does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we get into with this episode. The episode ends with Theo and Hugh in present day seeing a ghost in Shirley's mm-hmm. house, actually. And oh, and also another thing of note is once they get back to the house after the funeral, uh, Hugh sees Luke kind of meandering over by Shirley's purse. And he goes up to talk to him because Luke at the funeral, when they were like putting the body down, Luke had a little bit of a freak out because he saw his mom inside of the grave and she tries to pull him yeah he gets he gets tugged and he also sees uh nell as well uh but he sees her in bent neck form too Mm -hmm. yeah he sees bent neck nell and his (laughs) bent neck and so (laughs) so he freaks out at the funeral but then uh steven's like dude don't go down this path like you see what this does to the family keep together but then later on later on the dad is like hey like, I couldn't help but overhear what happened. He kind of is trying to, like, relate to Luke because they both... They know. Yeah, know. they know now. 
Mm-hmm. But Luke kind of brushes him off and says, you know, big boys know the difference between imaginary friends, which is something that the said dad to him. said to mm-hmm. him before. Which mm-hmm. I love that callback so too. That was that was such a good one. Yeah, I did. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the shade. <laughs> it's so dark. I can't see. Um, so then Luke kind of is like, oh, I need to just go outside. I need some air. And then they discover later that Luke took or Shirley's um, credit cards and then Theo's yeah. car. And all of them assume, like, that he's going to go buy drugs. Yeah, we're like... Yeah, everyone just assumes, like, oh, of course, you know, with everything that's happened, he's going to go back down this path. But then Theo is kind of like, you know, like, suicides can happen. Pairs. Yeah, so that prompts Steven to be like, okay, like, I'll go. I'll go look for him. And then... Hugh was like, okay, well, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, you. So that leads us into the last episode we're going to talk about today, which is episode eight. And that one is called Witness mm-hmm. Marks. Can I just say this episode had the biggest scare for me of all this? All the oh, episodes. did it? I'm trying. It had mm-hmm. a lot of scares, but I'm, I'm curious which one it is. Yeah, I want to know. It has the biggest one. So basically in this episode... This episode is a lot of um This is a very haunting episode for sure. Like we're we're slipping into is. scary movie territory now of like we ghost are. is starting to have no chill. Like with the Steven and Hugh, because you know, we kind of split up now. We're with Steven and Hugh and then we're with Shirley and Theo. And the Steven and Hugh side of it is a little bit more of like exposition-y. We get to learn more mm-hmm. things. Um, like with Steven, we learn that the reason that him and his wife are separated at the moment is because they can't have children. But more importantly than that, the reason they can't have children is because Stephen took it upon himself to get a vasectomy because he is convinced that mental illness runs in his family and he didn't want to have kids. And he didn't tell his wife until they were already trying for children. She's like doing all these fertility treatments, trying to have kids. And Stephen's like, um, we need to talk. I'm like, bro, it's yeah. late. It's yeah, you should have done that a while ago, my dude. You been should have talked. Yeah. So him and Hugh have, you know, kind of this discussion regarding that in the car. And they kind of have a discussion regarding their relationship. On the other side of things, Theo and Shirley so it's halloween night finally mm-hmm. um so shirley is alone in the house and she keeps hearing someone keeps knocking on her door but then she goes to answer it nobody's there theo comes over because she wants to make amends and explain to shirley about what was happening that night and they hear banging like all around the yep. house and that shows wild. it's you know yeah, and it's a it's basically the exact same thing that happened to them when they were younger when they heard banging on the walls, except this time it's like all around the house. And Theo tells Shirley, she's like, You look, I saw I saw a ghost today. <laughs> like <laughs> like I saw some crazy shit in here today and like this is real basically because Theo at this point is like a full on believer. After what happens with her and Hugh, she's like, nope, yeah, this is happening. This is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She's like, yep, there's ghosts and like Hill House is haunted. And Shirley is basically, you know, getting on board. But after Theo tells her about what she saw, she's like 95% sure that ghosts are real. But then this is when this is the scare. They're, when they're in the car and they're driving. Oh, oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. 
so but they're like tracking the credit cards to see where Luke is and through where he gets gas they discover that he's on his way to Hill House and so like Stephen and Hugh are booking it there Shirley and Theo decide to follow them there and while they're in the car they're kind of like getting into this argument because Shirley won't let Theo explain and then all of a sudden Nell just like shoots up and from the back seat in between them and screams oh my lord it's so it's so jarring and out of nowhere and they almost <laughs> fucking crash too I was like oh shit are they about to oh, die yeah. I would have I would have had a heart attack I would have had a heart attack and then we would have crashed into <laughs> some trees <laughs> like that would have been it for our story <laughs> like it just would have been over it's so yeah they like swerve off of the road and theo like gets she's like screaming she runs out and like collapses to the ground and is crying and we kind of get well she gives that monologue right which is beautiful like that monologue got me like her performance and just like everything that she said it was oh my god it was so good Mm -hmm. yeah because she's basically we finally find out what she felt when she touched nelly she felt nothing but more so than she felt nothing like she literally could not feel anything anymore from the moment that she touched nelly she could it was just empty like she only felt empty and dark so that's yeah, scary. like that's <laughs> like, that's a that's terrifying crazy. thought and she's just been like dealing with it yeah and it makes a lot of sense because like from that moment when she touched nelly she was just drinking yeah um like the whole time and you you know it can be perceived at first you're like oh she's drinking because she's upset and she's trying to deal with it but now we find out she just didn't know what else to do because she felt like yeah she was like i was literally just trying to feel like literally anything which she even says like hey your husband wasn't involved like i was just in this moment i was just pure darkness and then i finally felt something and like i just had i like i had like i was super drunk and i just had to do like i had to pounce on this moment of feeling again because i hadn't felt in so long yeah I and thankfully now that they've shared this scare together, I think it helps Shirley at least piece together that not everything that's happening is like malicious from her family members. There is very clearly things outside of their control interfering with what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they are kind of able to mend through that because and she even says like this is the one like Theo Theo tells Shirley, she's like, you know what happens to me when I touch people. Mm-hmm. Like, And Shirley like, almost doesn't want to admit it, but Theo's like, no, don't do that. Like, You know what's going on. And so, yeah, they're kind of able to make amends and accept that these things are happening. So now they're in it together. They're back on their way. And then Stephen and Hugh, uh, when they discover that Luke is going to Hill House and Hugh figures out that Luke is going to try and destroy the house like burn it down because he bought a shit ton of gasoline at the gas station he was like we gotta go now because he's like he's like the house is gonna protect itself if your brother tries to do something and steven's still on his like i don't know what you're talking about kind of stuff and hugh tells steven that i like for some reason this part like gave me chills when he was like steven you saw a ghost and Stephen's like, no. 
yeah, he's like, no, I never saw Dude, I love this then, reveal. This reveal was so juicy. This is one of the juiciest reveals really of the whole fucking show to me. It's really we. It's really spooky because earlier on we saw, like, we, we kind of get to see a little bit more of Stephen you know, doing the project for his mom when he's making her the vanity. Mm -hmm. And there is a part where he's walking up the stairs. They like brought a bunch of people in to work on the house. And there's a part where he's walking up the stairs and there's this man with like a a curly mustache and like a hat and spectacles on. And he's like working on the grandfather clock in the corner. Mm -hmm. And Stephen included that in his book. And Hugh's like, I never hired anybody to work on that clock. Because there's, like, there was yeah, no there was no, there. it's a very specific kind of clock. Like, I could not find the person to fix that. To work on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that man was not there that day. Like, you saw a ghost. And Steven's like, what? what? <laughs> Just shattered this whole like, man's perception of reality in one little factoid. Because he starts to believe. Like, he's like, oh, shit. Like. I did see yeah. you know like he I like I like that because it's like I like that Hugh finally is like no this is what's going on I'm not I'm not bullshitting you anymore this is what happened that day and because it's like Hugh this is like the most confident that we've seen older yeah. Hugh because he's like let me just tell you I'm gonna tell you straight because up I'm not about to lose another back. kid tonight like yeah. like mm-hmm. no was enough your mom was enough which also real quick a, a shout out to that actor too i love the older hughes performance it's so like he's very mm-hmm. subtle in everything that he does but it reads very well to me and i think that flip when he tells the story to steven is very earned because He's he sets himself up to be this very passive and like he knows he's wronged his family. So he's kind of like meek and, you know, he's not his same, you know, fatherly self that he was back in the day. But in this moment, you see kind of the range of this actor and the character of like the I'm still your father and I'm still going to do what's right to protect all of my kids. And Mm -hmm. I think he portrayed that really well, too. Yeah. And I loved. Oh, God. It's I love that part when he's just like, dude. Like I'm in control yeah. now. And it's kind I'm of like it's a, oh. it's kind of like a cathartic thing oh, of like all these episodes of Steven just not believing the shit that we all know is true mm-hmm. and finally being like, bruh, there are fucking ghosts, dude. Like quit being a cynic. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Also, the guy that plays, did you know the guy that plays younger Hugh is Elliot from E.T.? Really? No, mm-hmm. I had no idea. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He played the main where's, little kid. Where's Elliot. he? Where's he been? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But I just remember when this when this like first came out, everyone was like, "Whoa, it's <laughs> Elliot!" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, cool. that's really that's pretty wild." <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we cut to Luke. He is at the house. He tries to burn it down, and the fire immediately like extinguishes which itself. was terrifying by the way for at least for me i, thought, I was like oh no yeah because it's like there's nothing you can do you can't get because because you do you know you almost do kind of wonder you're like well why didn't they try or why didn't you try and get rid of this mm-hmm. house but it's like nope you can't just burn it down it's not that yeah. easy um and he sees his mom at the top of the stairs and then a spooky ghost comes out and grabs his face 
and then we cut to black. And then <laughs> you die inside and text your co-host about whether or not you can just go on and watch the next two episodes because <laughs> what a fucking cliffhanger to sit on for a week. Like, oh my God. Ugh. I cannot wait. I'm like, as much as I love talking about these, it, it's going to be a lot easier i think when we get into bly manor because we'll both be watching it at the same time it's very hard like knowing what's going to be coming up soon and like wanting to talk about it but knowing that we have to wait look i'm struggling (laughs) struggling this is also really really hard on me so have some respect <laughs> yes ma'am but no i'm definitely about to, i'm watching this like as soon as we're done recording because like i need to know like oh this show's good and shout out to all the people who may or may not have watched this before and have chosen to take this journey along with me and watch with the episodes like granted i doubt like i'm sure you're listening to these in a row so you don't have to wait a week but if you are waiting a week with me thank you for letting me not feel alone because it's been very it's been very hard yeah but our journey is almost to an end and now you can go ahead and finish this ride i'm yeah i'm really excited for you to see these last two episodes because on our next episode we'll go ahead and talk about the last two and then we'll go over the whole season as a whole because i think once you finish the last two episodes you know there's things that you kind of have to go back and Mm -hmm. look at and rethink and so i think we'll kind of discuss the entire season as a whole and you know our final thoughts on everything and maybe what we're kind of hoping for this new season to be so yeah let us know if you guys obviously like i said last time don't spoil the last two episodes but we're all the way up to episode eight now so let us know Uh, the biggest thing that i would like to hear from you guys is your thoughts on like the bet neck lady situation i want to know like how you guys are feeling with that whole idea that like that was Nelly the whole time and what happened exactly with Arthur. I, that's the one thing that I still question a lot. So I would love to hear what you guys think yeah. about that. Let's get some other opinions on so, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty happy with what we decided yeah. today, but I still want to hear if you guys think something differently. I would like to hear why. So let us, you know, message us as always. We are at Homies of Horror on social media or email us. And that is homiesofhorror at gmail.com. Go ahead and follow us on all the streaming apps so you can be notified of our episodes first thing. And leave comments for us if you'd like because we always appreciate them. Mm -hmm. Um, And also leave reviews because that is always helpful for us. Other than that, guys, that is it for our bonus episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed this Haunting of Hill House ride. And we are looking forward to the next one, guys. We will see you next time. Everybody have a good rest of your day. Catch you later, homies. Bye.